0: You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Going through the book of Matthew, and who remembers what character we spoke about last week? John the Baptist. Who can tell me some qualities or characteristics about John the Baptist? Totally Honest. He ate bugs and honey. Not just honey, wild honey, whatever that is. Because I thought most honey is wild. But wild honey, yes. He wore animal skin, camels. He the Pharisees a brood, of a brood A bucket of snakes, I like. a brood of vipers. Very nice. I said last week, you'll notice that things don't end well for him. No wonder goes up to the religious of the time and says, your bucket of snakes, you've grown nothing of importance, the axe is at the bottom, it's going to be cut down soon. And then he references hell. Very encouraging. (laughs) First words to them. John the Baptist. I made a, if you weren't here last week, I said John the Baptist's name was John first, middle name the, last name Baptist. It was very funny. Everyone laughed. (laughs) Um, I someone out there was still laughing at morning tea. Um, now it was very funny. So if you don't get it now, that's okay. You had to be here last week. It was hilarious. So very funny joke. So someone said it was the funniest thing they've ever heard. So <laughs> slight exaggeration. I think I got more laughs then than I did. But he was a wild man from the wilderness. Um, and the story challenged us last week to not box God in. In fact, the whole of Matthew will be stories about not boxing God in, and not boxing ourselves in, in what God can do in us. And so we're going to continue with John the Baptist this morning. And as I was thinking about him, the Elijah of this generation, the the pre-prophet before the Messiah, the one that was predicted 500 years before. Here he meets the person he's pointing towards, Jesus. Quick note, what's funny about this is if you could think of the prophet meeting the Messiah on the Gold Coast, where would you choose it to happen? Q1? On the beach, Burley Hill, of course, the best place on the planet. I might get offensive here, and I'm not meaning to. Galilee is the equivalent of behind a video store in rang, in a back creek somewhere. <laughs> so sorry, I, I have lived in rang or close by, so don't, don't, no offence, but it's it's not the most glamorous place. So, or actually, let me use where I did live, Mullen Diner, um, in a creek behind a video store somewhere. Um, no, it's it's Galilee's not the most glorious place, but once again. God uses this, uh, the the way they talk about in ancient texts about Galilee is not nice. He chooses that to be the place the prophet meets the Messiah and baptises him. Just don't box God in. Don't tell him how he's going to work, how he's going to use, or who or where he's going to turn up. It might even be in Galilee. Again, if you live in the rain and you already got, that's it. I'm not listening for the rest of the sermon. I'll ask for your forgiveness. Stay with me. But, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a Q1. It wasn't on a beach. It wasn't in a temple. It was in Galilee. Little, little note. John recognises Jesus. And he says, I'm not going to baptise you. Two reasons. He knows he's the Messiah. So he's not going to baptise a person that's perfect. Second reason, before John the Baptist, Jews don't baptise other Jews. You get baptised when you convert to Judaism. And so it's very improper for a Jew to baptise another Jew. It would actually mean that they'd done something wrong, that they were sinful. And so on top of Jews baptising Jews, which John the Baptist started, he's also said no because he's he's been asked to baptise a sinless person. So it's no repentance Involved, And so John the Baptist says, I'm not worthy to baptise you. Jesus responds, but we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to talk about something that stood out to me as I've read this second half of John the Baptist's kind of introduction. His entire life, 30 years and 6 months, we know he's about 6 months older than Jesus, has been pointing to Jesus. Just let that sink in for a moment. The way he eats, the way he lives, the way he talks, his whole existence has been the guy coming before Jesus, the ultimate wingman, the ultimate sidekick to Jesus. His whole, John's whole purpose in life was to point to the person and work of Jesus. His lifestyle, his message, his community was based on the fact that he would only live to point to another. The reason this blows me away is I think about 2017 and the world we live in. How foreign of a concept is it for someone to live for someone else? The idea of dedicating your life to another person willingly is crazy in 2017. Sacrificing your needs, your wants, for someone else's benefit. It's unheard of in 2017. It's like letting someone else take the car park you've been waiting for. It's like being happy for the colleague beside you that's worked just as hard and they got the promotion and instead of thinking, I wish I got it, it's all about them celebrating them. Or how about this? And this might be more of a generational thing. But when you look at a photo, who's the first person you look for if it's a photo of you and your friends? Yeah. Yourself. Imagine if we looked at photos and said, oh, my friends all look good. I'll post that picture. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, well, I don't. I go, oh, I look good. Oh, my friends, yeah, I'm sure they're okay. They're, I, look, I look good though. It's like posting a photo because your friends look better than you in it. Unheard of. Living your whole life pointing towards somebody else. Unheard of. The idea of not getting what you want, not getting what you feel like in 2017, at the sacrifice of someone else's benefit, is almost a different language in today's culture. What challenged me, though, as I read through this and prayed through this passage, is this on the screen I think it's the next slide is as Christians isn't our whole purpose in life to do the same we don't come before we come after but as Christians aren't we called in the way we eat in the way we work in the way we live to point to Jesus to point to the work and the life of Jesus we are called to do the same John 3.11 says, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. A call to imitate, to point to Jesus. Ephesians 5.1, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. A call to live an existence that points to Jesus. Philippians 3.17, more of a community call. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. A call as a church to point to Jesus. Same calling. And so this morning, simplistic but powerful question I ask us to think about. Who do you point to? Who do you point to? Who do we point to as a church? I was trying to think of a visual for this to help it stick, the idea of imitating or the idea of pointing. So I I thought back to this guy. There's a picture of my favourite superhero. Anyone know who this is? Barry Allen. Barry Allen. Well done. It is Barry Allen. There's different variations of the flash. James knows he's flash. I'm impressed. So just yet another reason that we have the, the wise elders. Because um, yeah, even though there's Wally West and there's Dimensional... No, no, don't get me started. Barry, Barry Allen, The Flash. My favourite superhero. I watch it all the time. My friend had a 30th dress-up party recently and it was come as your favourite superhero. Who do you think I came as? The Flash. Now it's hard to see, but I actually just changed photos. One was the flash, and one's me imitating, pointing towards the flash. Now you're probably confused. You're like, Steve, you didn't change photos. So I'm going to put them side by side in the next slide. This one's the TV version, and this is me at my friend's 30th. Hard to tell, but I'm imitating and pointing towards the flash if nothing else let that sink in pointing towards the flash not doing a great job but I'm attempting to imitate point towards somebody else again I ask the question who do you point to when you shop when you speak where you go where you live who do you hope people see when you post a picture on Facebook or Instagram, when you start or enter a conversation, who do you want people to see? What do you hope they'll say when you walk away? Maybe that statement will help. I hope people think this of me. I hope people think I'm funny, I'm rich, I'm smart, I'm successful, I'm normal, I'm okay. What is it that you hope people see in you? John, or like John, do you seek to point to Jesus? Do people meet you and say, you're different, and you say, Jesus. Do people meet you and say, why on earth did you pick me up from Brisbane and be so kind to drive me to the coast, and you say, Jesus. Do people meet you and say, I notice that you don't care about worldly things as much as I, you say, Jesus. I notice you go to church. Jesus. I notice husband. You treat your wife with respect and sacrificially love her. Jesus. I notice wife. That you treat your husband with respect and sacrificially love her. What's going on? Jesus. Does it make sense? You're with me? This concept of when people meet us, we're pointing to somebody just like John the Baptist not always perfect, sometimes it looks like my version of the flash, but we're trying to point to Jesus. Do you point to the person and work of Jesus? If you're new this morning or maybe you haven't encountered Jesus or maybe you've lived a life and you've kind of felt like you've just forgotten this or you feel like you're a little bit left of centre and you just It's faded away and you remember pointing to Jesus but you remember that kind of faded away in replaced by someone else or something else. Then your question might be, well, why bother Steve? Why would I point to Jesus? What makes him so special? Let me read the moment that Jesus is baptised in Matthew 3.16. And when Jesus was baptised... Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Here we have Jesus and the whole Trinity show up to confirm who he is. The Father from heaven says, this is my Son. I'm confirming it. He is the Messiah. The Holy Spirit places its presence upon him in saying, this is the Messiah. They all show up, three, three in one, the Trinity, Father, Son, the Spirit, and here we have the Messiah. The one that for thousands of years, thousands and thousands of years, has been predicted to come. The one that John the Baptist thought it was worth his entire life pointing towards. No single man has changed, whether you're a churchgoer or not, no single man has changed the face of history and society today than Jesus. If you don't believe in Jesus, it makes no sense why this ancient dude is saying such amazing wisdom A couple of thousand years before we even thought of some of the things he's saying. Try to explain that to yourself, alone with all the witnesses that saw everything else he did. He is the Messiah. This is why he is worth pointing to. This is why we remember every week, so that we can remind ourselves that we point to the Messiah. Not only that, But unlike the celebrity or the Forbes 100 list that you might have in your mind that you want to point towards or the friend you might think has everything and you want to look like them but you never quite reach or fulfil, Jesus actually doesn't ask us to be perfect. He says, I'll do the heavy lifting. My burden is light, he says. I'll carry you there. I'll come to earth while you're still sinning, I'll humble myself. I'll die for you. You merely just accept the relationship. You merely repent and believe. I'll do my work in you. Imitate Jesus. We repent and obey. Let God do his work in us. Jesus didn't need to be baptised, but he needed to fulfil the righteousness, which means he's showing us how to live. He's showing us ways to live. Everything he does is constantly teaching and showing, and as an example, saying, this is how you point to me. Baptism in itself is not a way to salvation. John shared, in his, uh, in, with his song, that the man on the cross merely called out to Jesus, baptism is not going to get you saved. Calling out to Jesus, 150 verses clarify that faith alone saves you. But baptism is a response, is an action, because of who Jesus is. If you don't know what baptism is, it's a symbolism for being put to death for all the people that you point towards, for all the idols or things that you hold higher than God and coming out now pointing to Jesus, being resurrected, coming out a new creation. Anyone who has been baptised will probably know that you're not perfect from that point on, but what it represents, what it points to is Jesus and what he did. Powerful, powerful stuff. It's a declaration, that's why we do public baptism because we want people to know, hey guys, I now point to Jesus. That's who I'm about. It's what I do. Everyone needs to know this. So they know when I'm a little bit more patient and peaceful and kind, they know what the deal is. We repent and obey and let God do his work in us. One more story and then just a couple of applications this morning. I was trying to think what it looks like to partner with God with transformation. What does it look like not to to do works for salvation but what does it look like to put effort into pointing to Jesus, allow him to transform us? And I thought of this. This is my old house. Um, I had to take up the driveway and um, we're now living in Varsity. Praise God, we're so stoked but when we were living in Molandina I had to pull up the driveway and there was one sad day Horrible job. Pulled up the driveway and stacked all the bricks. Now, Aria was out with me. And she was doing something in the corner. And I looked over and I saw the second picture. She'd been helping Dad move the rocks. So, go back to the first picture. Go to the second picture. On a worldly sense, not, not much help. Would have been good if she could carry some bricks for me. As a father, I was just I, I reckon I got a bit emotional, and then I took a picture and thought this will make a good sermon analogy. <laughs> this is what it looks like. It might be a poor attempt. You might look like flash version of the Steve, of the flash, but we're called to repent. And be obedient the best we can so that we start to look like Jesus. He does the heavy lifting. If we let him, he'll do the work in us. But we put effort in, not earning, effort in to looking like Jesus. And so, three things, three type of people that might be here this morning. And I'm going to ask for a little bit of a response if that's you. The first one. In our culture and congregation, there may not be a lot in, of this, but... Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't know Jesus or for a long time you have been pointing to something else. Maybe you've been trying to be that celebrity. You've been trying to be that friend that always gets everything right. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe it's your father or mother. You've been trying to get their approval. Your entire life has been based around pointing to what they want. There is somebody far more worthy of pointing to and he'll even do the hard work for you. All you need to do is submit yourself to him. If that's you, in the last song, I'd love you to come forward and have a seat here. I'd love to pray. You can stand, sorry, or sit. Love to pray for you and introduce you to Jesus. Sometimes people say, Steve, why would you get him to come down the front? Can't I do it in my seat? Yes, but I believe with everything spiritual, calls for an action, a response. You don't read a book on karate and then no karate. You can hear my words now, but unless you want to act on it, unless you want to repent, I encourage you to come down and physically put an action to that. If you do not know Jesus this morning, we'd love to introduce you to him. The second thing is if you haven't been baptised. Partly I've been here seven months, I want to baptise some people. That'd be nice. But on top of that, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and you've never thought, I don't want to do it because it's religious or I don't want to do it because I don't have to. Probably both correct at times in churches. Don't do it because of that. Do it because it's a response to what Jesus is doing in you. If you've been a Christian for seventy years and you get baptized at seventy-one, doesn't discredit seventy years. You declare. You're pointing to Jesus, again. Quick note. No, I, I know I'm, I'm kind of opening up a whole can of worms that I'm not going to address. But if you've been baby baptized. There's heaps of other processes, I'm happy to talk to you about this, but if you've been infant baptised, that's awesome. Your parents were awesome for dedicating you in that way, but that wasn't your choice. That wasn't a response for you. It's great, I wanted to dedicate Aria, that you have rad parents if they've done that, but it wasn't your choice. I'm not discrediting it, it just wasn't a chance to repent and obey. And so, If you've had that and still want to get baptised, I'd love for you to come down here and we'll sort that out. We're not going to baptise you today. it's not much water around, but we'll we'll figure that out. Um, Love for you to do that. At any age, at any stage of Christianity this morning, love for you to consider being baptised if you haven't. It's powerful and Jesus did it. The third, maybe you've been baptised, you know Jesus, but lately you've just lost track. Um, something's popped up and you felt like you need to follow that that person you felt like you need to impress that person you need to point to this you might be walk away from your friends and you think I hope they think I'm this and you just need to come back in line some repentance and some obedience there I need that I need that every week Um, there's things I need to say to God hang on I've been trying to be this guy doesn't matter if you're a pastor, there's still hero pastors you look at and go, I'd love to be that dude. I think, no, actually, maybe I should just try to be Jesus. That dude can be that dude. (laughs) Love for you to come down during the last song. Love to pray for you. If there's too many, we'll get some of the elders. Um, If there's too many then, most of us have the Holy Spirit. You can come down and pray for them as well. That would be great. Let me pray and then John's going to lead us in this last song. But please, if you'd like to come down for prayer, Love to uh, do business with God this morning. Let me let me pray. Father God, you're worthy to point to. You're worthy to imitate. You're worthy of our praise, your, our worship, our our sacrifices and submission. And I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit, like the dove explained in that passage, I pray it stirs us this morning and before we get our mind to start thinking about the yummy morning tea or the conversations we're going to have in a moment just for this moment Lord may your spirit stir and bring up things that we may need to address that we may need to be prayed for Lord and let's leave this place a little bit more looking like Jesus In Jesus Christ's name, amen.